Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need, start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Spencer Israel here, uh, Pre-Market Prep. Here's how committed I am to you. I started the show today, even though Joel and Dennis are both not even ready. Joel's not at his desk. Dennis is not at his desk, but I said, no, no. It's 8 o'clock, and the show has to start on time, even if I got to do it by myself. Here's Joel. At least Joel's here with me. Dennis, Dennis is God knows where at this point. Probably you started early. Oh, it's 801. It's 8.01. I start on time. You guys are the late ones. <laughs> You're the problem, children. Dennis traffic, is- Spencer. I think. I have traffic this morning. Dennis decides to show up now. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Appreciate it. Am I late? <laughs> I don't start till 8.02. It's 8.01. I know. What about the the, the what about the song? Everybody counts in the trading world. You, so you, you guys missed the song. <laughs> you forgot to play it. No, I chat. Did Is I, that what happened? Did I forget to? Play Is the that song? why we're so far ahead today? <laughs> I'm like it's eight oh one thirty. I have thirty seconds to get on this show. Exactly. I'm right to the second. I was trying to trade for an extra thirty seconds before I came on the show. So. Before we throw it to Joel, Jason Rasnick is here. I'm not quite sure why he's here. Jason, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I wanted to fill you in on the uh, – um, well, I felt bad that you were alone and no one else was here with you. But, that, <laughs> but, but, but more importantly, more importantly, the Bitcoin thing with Elon Musk, it's a real yeah. thing. So I've been working on this with Kevin O'Leary for like the last six months, actually, um, on ethical Bitcoin mining. Um, we found a company in Canada that we were about to invest in, but then it didn't work out. But ethical Bitcoin mining, Kevin O'Leary is a well-known guy. He's from Shark Tank or he's on Shark Tank. He's been, We've heard of him. It. Yeah. He, he's from Canada. <laughs> you should know him. Um, but he, um, he's been all over this for honestly the last eight months. I have e- in, uh, over 50 emails about this. These different companies that do ethical Bitcoin mining because of the environment that, um, you know, people are going to complain eventually. First one I've ever heard talk about it. And then Elon Musk tweeted it last night, just like it was shocking to me because like Kevin just nonstop about this. And I'm like, is this a real thing? Well, obviously it is. And so I don't think Elon Musk is just doing it just to do it and knock down Bitcoin. It is a thing. And um, there's places overseas that are killing the environment to mine this Bitcoin. And so there's some places that do it with renewable energy. And that's the company that we almost invested in, but didn't happen. But I'm just saying it's it's a real thing. It's not it's not in my opinion. It's not Elon trying to drive down Bitcoin to drive up Dogecoin because he's saying there's other coins that take less energy. Um, and it's referring to computer power, cycle throughput, a bunch of things like that. That's my two cents. Anthony Pompiano was saying on CNBC this morning that 75 percent of Bitcoin mining is with renewable energy already. Um 
so I don't know if this is a new thing or not, Jason, um, or if, if Anthony's just not right with those stats. But he said it on CNBC this morning that only 25% of Bitcoin mining is not with green energy. Got it. It's interesting. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where he's no, getting no, that, that stat from. I no. asked him to come on the show. I just tweeted at him and asked him to come on the that show. Is... We'll see if he will. We know Mark Yusko's come on a lot of times. Obviously, he's yep. partners with Anthony. So we'll try to bring Anthony on to discuss some of the stuff as well. That's totally, that's very interesting. Anthony owns a lot of Bitcoin. So, yeah. you know, I don't know, but that's interesting. I, that's, I didn't think, I like when Kevin brought this up six months I'm ago. I'm surprised too. Yeah. When Kevin brought this thing up, I thought it was like, what the heck's he talking about? And then when Elon Musk tweeted last night, I'm like, holy cow. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know how big of a thing this is. And now it is a real, either way, it's somehow someone is getting in someone's ear because it happened. Kevin didn't just come up with it. He got, you know, because he's a, a known personality he kept getting reached out from environmentalists like how could you support this bitcoin because well, it kills the environment you know what i mean yeah so, that's what i think too i think the same thing like um you know i own bitcoin i own a piece of it from the speculation but i look at it and you know i'm trying to be environmentally friendly as well and i see all this mining activity and you're saying oh it's using more energy than you know norway is you know was the stat that they was floating around last year and i'm like how you know, is, you know, people who are really about the environment still for Bitcoin. And, and Anthony's on CNBC and he's saying that it's all done with green energy or 75% green energy. And it uses a lot less energy than the banking system. So, yeah. you know, and I'm, I don't know how Bitcoin replaces the banking system. That's a whole nother argument. But and then, um, and then the other thing is like Elon doing that. Well, Dennis, like, what about what about palladium, copper, lithium? You know, all the stuff for the batteries in the cars, you know, is that all green energy to get that stuff out of the ground? I, I we use know. energy. I mean, everything exactly. we do, we're talking right now, Jason, we are using energy. I mean, it's very difficult to find something yes. that just doesn't use any energy at all. We'd love right. it all to come from renewable sources. But right. Right. the hard truth is we still get a lot of our energy from fossil fuels. Right. And, th and that's exactly. And so um, I don't know. I mean. All I'm saying to you is, if I woke up this morning and saw this tweet by Elon, I'd be like, what is he making up right now? I wouldn't think it's even a thing. And all I know is Kevin O'Leary was like all into this like six months ago, but um, because people were reaching out to him going crazy about how much energy is being used for to mine Bitcoin. So there's all something right. to it. But that was Thanks. my, that's my, that's all I wanted to come in. Thanks a lot, right? And then, and Spencer, we, we can't, you can't go on vacation because we need you. All right. Bye. I'll be back on Monday. So <laughs> not to worry. Jason's gone. As quick as he's here, he's gone. All right. Uh, Joel, bring up your chart. You and cut him off. No, no. He just left. I didn't <laughs> normally cut him off. That's <laughs> like our, our tra your tradition. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> tradition uh, like no He cuts off the boss. He hopped in and then he hopped out. Joel, bring up your charts for us and uh, walk us through this market if you can this morning. Well, boy, we are a fine-tuned uh, machinery today, huh? <laughs> We're all over the place. We always have structure. Even Jason, he's like, your show needs more structure. This was a conversation a couple of years ago. We've added structure. And now Jason just called it and messed up the whole structure. <laughs> all right. As wild range overnight, Dennis, I was thinking about you because I saw the spoos up at one point, And I'm like, oh, I... Boy, I hope Dennis's head's the right way. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and the spoos were way down. I'm like, oh, boy. And then I come in this morning. I sit at my desk. First thing I see, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Tesla up, and the spoos are red. And I'm like, what? And before I could click on the mouse, the thing moved like 10 points uh, to the upside. So 
we're we're in the green by four and a quarter. I got nothing, nothing, folks. At either level on the upside or downside, I have to be honest to you. Uh, the cr- close at fifty eight fifty. If it's something you want to keep an eye on, uh, crude down a buck fifty four at sixty four fifty four. Gold just couldn't get through eighteen fifty. Now heading to eighteen hundred down. 890 at 185090 silver in the red all right at 27 that's down 23 cents at 2702 and naive me i'm thinking i see bitcoin down and i'm thinking the only reason bitcoin is down is because the futures took out the level that i was talking about 52000 uh but then i found out the real reason why so uh spencer take it away Yes, yeah, so the story of the day. I, I I guess the only thing that we can assume that we can assume is that yesterday the Elon Musk discovered that uh, Bitcoin mining isn't exactly clean, right? And uses a lot of energy because yeah. uh, three three months ago they said, "Oh, uh, not only are we investing in Bitcoin, but we're accepting this payment." And then yesterday he just said, uh, "Yeah, remember that whole payment thing? We're we're not going to do that right now anymore." So, yeah, like how. What kind of due diligence did he originally? This is kind of scary in this regard that all of a sudden he's just discovered that Bitcoin uses a lot of energy. I, I mean, I, I, that is concerning. Well, look, my my theory is that just, and I I, I don't know if it, it, kind of what Jason just said is just like there must be somebody in in his ear because like, look, what what is Tesla at its root? It's it's like a, it's an EV company. Right, it's an EV equals environmentally friendly. That's kind of the whole. It's kind of the whole point, right? And what good is it to be environmentally friendly in your cars and not in uh, in how you accept payment, right? So um, maybe he had somebody leaning on him. I I don't know. The only thing this does to me is it just goes to show, and I say this as somebody who owns Bitcoin. It just goes to show just like how early days this entire market is, because if one person can tweet, oh, I'm not accepting pay- this as payment anymore for my product, and it tanks the whole market for that product or for that for that currency. Then, yeah. then I'm mean, like, like I saw someone tweet this last night, right? Like, if 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 Elon said, oh, we're not accepting the dollar anymore, that would probably hurt Tesla, but it wouldn't affect the dollar at all, right? Yeah. I mean, like the fact that he can say this about Bitcoin and it just tanks the whole, not just Bitcoin, the whole crypto market. I mean, we are. This is a far from stable market we are not early days unless you like like don't think just because we're at these elevated prices we're at fifty thousand, right we're like stable oh, we're stable we are we are not we are not yeah i mean that is concerning that one tweet you know we're just not going to accept payment knock bitcoin down like 17 percent last night yeah i know it's come off the lows and it's up a little bit from there but it was around fifty four thousand when he tweeted that i retweeted it about as fast as i could because i had a trade another trader break trading message me and says you know bitcoin you know did you see what must just tweeted and he was on it and then i'm like oh my goodness this is gonna tank um i actually went straight to mara and riot that's what i was gonna ask you i went straight to mara and riot and put out short sales and i think i was one of the first ones they both were under the alternative uptick rule because of the 10 percent. i could not get a tick so i was there i was on the on the offer and i moved where my offer is moving down so the way the tick works it has to you have to get your offer lifted to get short when a stock's moved more than ten oh, percent on that man. day or the previous day, that's the alternative uptick rule. A lot of people don't realize that exists. 
it does. They put that back in after the financial crisis. So people calling for, you know, reinstatement of the uptick rule don't know what they're talking about because we already have an uptick rule. They put it back in in 2010. It's called the alternative uptick rule. When a stock falls 10%, it, it, it's subject to the alternative uptick rule for that day and the next day. So Mara and Riot obviously fell 10% the day before. So then they were subject to the alternative uptick rule. So I put out a short on Mara. Mara was literally flat at the time. It was 2285. Oh, how aggravating. I put a short thing. out there. I put the, my order out at 2230, I think it was. I literally went 50 cents below the bed. It never ticked me the whole time. It never upticked. It just went straight down. If you bring up the Mara chart, you'll I see got it. it. There's I got no it tick. There was no tick. And it, it took it actually probably was a minute or two before it really started to get hit. And there was no tick. And eventually it fell almost 20%. So disappointed that I couldn't participate in those. I shorted some PayPal on it. I thought that you know PayPal might get hit originally. I covered that already. I made a buck and a half on that last night. It's up. So you know, those were reaching trades. Square too. Square got hit on originally. That's bounced back as well. Those were reaching trades. Um, but you know, somebody hit Square down to $200 on this last night. That's just, you know, that was just an overshoot. So it's back up. I mean, Square PayPal aren't really affected by this. See, but... Dennis, I just want to say, if you would have had a Bitcoin futures account, you wouldn't have had that problem. <laughs> well, you can hit Bitcoin too, but you know, the, but Bitcoin, um, you know, I'm an equities trader too. Right. Bitcoin was already moving, so there's a little lag sometimes between the Mara and the Riot, right? Like Bitcoin already moved down. Sure. Bitcoin moved down instantly on that, like a thousand dollars, like boom. Wow. So, you know, and then obviously it fell as much as I think $5,000 on it. Like, we're more yeah, it got that. down to 46. Yeah, we were down like $6,000 yeah. on that tweet. But, you know, again, relationship based. Look at the theme that I'm telling you guys about yes, all the excellent. time making money from relationships. Okay, go to your playbook. Bitcoin going down. What do you hit? BTBT, Mara, Riot. Um, you know, you've got MSTR is another one. You You've got, got Coin, C-O-I-N, which I was slow on, didn't think of it right off the hop because it's a new stock. Still. Yeah, it's, it's new. It's not on my go-to list. And, you know, I have to add in my scanners and stuff, but I should have thought of that one right away. Coin report earnings this morning, too. Tangent. But, um, you know, and then Square and PayPal uh, were reaching I'm, trades. I'm, I'm they gonna, worked temporarily. I'm just going to bring this up. I made this for the Coinbase IPO, right? Oh, there you go. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. I made it for the Coinbase IPO. Yeah. Uh, just a bunch of crypto-related stocks, right? CAN, BTBT, BLOKs, and ETF, right? You got uh, Voyager, Square, Tesla's on here, NVIDIA, Overstock, PayPal, MicroStrategy, right? Mars on there, Riot's on there. Um, actually, yeah. Uh, so, again, just a list that I keep handy for quote-unquote nice. Bitcoin. Not, nice. not, all, not all-inclusive. Not all-inclusive, but, but pretty inclusive. Pretty inclusive. Um, okay, uh, eight fourteen. We're gonna have Mark Chaykin on in just a minute uh, and get his thoughts on all this. You mentioned the Coinbase uh, earnings report. I thought they were on the calendar for tonight. I don't think they reported yet. Are they tonight? I thought so. Yeah, they are. They're tonight. Sorry, they're tonight. Yeah. It's on my day list, but I just looked at my sheet. Uh, yeah, it is tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Okay. Tonight. Okay. Just it's it been a nice bounce back. I mean, was it an oversell on all of these stocks? Probably. Mara down 20% last night at one point in time. was only down 7 Riot, which was down like 18% at one time, only down 6 Coinbase was down over 6% last night, only down 1% now. MSTR uh, is still down 7%. That one hasn't bounced as much as some of the others because that's about what it was down last night. So, you know, that one could potentially bounce if, um, you know, if these other ones are bouncing too. So was it a, an extreme overreaction? Probably. It was probably an overreaction. Probably. 
you know, like it's a tweet for crying out loud. Like, you know, it, 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 it's not, it didn't change anything. You know, did I sell all my Bitcoin last night? No, I didn't sell my Bitcoin. But anyways. Um, all right, let's get Mark's thoughts on all this. Mark yeah. Chicken is the founder of Chicken Analytics, uh, has uh, a lot of experience uh, in in markets, though, I guess he's, uh, you know, as much of a noob for the, in the Bitcoin world as the rest of us because Bitcoin is new itself. But Mark, good morning. I, I don't know if you have thoughts on all this, this Bitcoin Tesla shenanigans here this morning. I do. I think Monster Strategy was the place to go, by the way, Dennis. It's selling at 100 times earnings and we have a bearish power gauge rating. So uh, it's it's primed for any big move in Bitcoin, too, because it's a leverage play on Bitcoin within Within the stock, uh, Elon Musk is, you know, a, how would you put it? We've made him into a god in this country, second richest guy in the world. And he actually likes to joke around. Uh, some of this is illegal in my view, but, uh, you know, the SEC is not going to go after him again. They've already done that. But he's moving these currencies, whether it's doggy coin or Bitcoin, he's moving them around with a tweet. And it's it's extraordinarily irresponsible. But it's good for his business. You know, and that's the it. question. You know, you're, you're hitting on a nail on the head. I mean, it is extraordinarily irresponsible to continue to just play games with, you know, assets that have, you know, even the Dogecoin. I mean, you could argue that the majority of this Dogecoin rally from a nickel to 67 cents was almost entirely Elon Musk. I mean, from getting on board to going the Saturday Night Live run-up. I mean, at the end of the day, you can look and say, okay, if there's bag holders in there, and yes, people are responsible for their own trades, but he created a huge bubble in a joke currency. He created a huge bubble just by having fun with it. And then, and then you know, it goes down, and then he retweets, you know, the, the, the day after Saturday Night Live, we're going to put a Dogecoin on the moon. And then it starts to pop back up on that again. I mean, the whole currency is basically being moved around just by Elon Musk. Yep. But why don't we get to some stocks? I don't know. How many people who watch the show actually trade Dogecoin? I think there's quite a few, actually. I don't know. Really? I think there's quite a few. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. One one in chat if you've ever traded Dogecoin, and then we'll know how many people trade Dogecoin. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what about this wicked rotation? Um Every day it's it's a little bit different because this morning it's it, this morning we're rotating a little bit back into tech, but but the last few days it's been a rotation away from kind of everything, right? Uh, not growth, not value, nothing in favor. Um, I'm not sure what what you make of this. Is anything in favor now? I don't know. We are, well, uh, reopening stocks or infrastructure stocks will come back in favor, in my view, pretty quickly. But there have been a lot of negatives on the inflation front that have knocked the pins out of the tech sector. Uh, but it's also concerning because now it's reached the point where we're getting chatter and it means nothing because it's all about Jerome Powell, not about what we hear, that the Fed is going to have to take inflation seriously. I mean, there have been a lot of mixed messages coming out between Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell and Kaplan. You know, a lot of the Fed officials are hemming and hawing. Bottom line is what you really need to zero in on, we're in a compression on tech and it's not over. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, there is a pattern that goes back to a guy named George Angle in the 1990s. Dennis, you might've known him. He was a S&P futures trader and analyst. And he 
said, when you're down into Thursday for a week, Thursday will typically rally. When you're up, Thursday is typically a down day. So everybody knows about uh, turnaround Tuesday, but Thursday is typically a contra day. Who's that? So, George who? Angle, A-N-G-E-L-L. -L. He, he wrote a couple of books on trading the spoos based on patterns. Hmm. And uh, his stuff came out in the 90s. They're short books, but this was one of his patterns. And it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not something you can follow religiously, but typically if you've had a compression as we have in tech, you'll see a bounce on Thursday. Then Friday usually reverts back because people clear out their positions over the weekend. Rob, I think Kathy Wood, uh, we've been talking about it for what, two or three months here? Uh, you haven't even seen the liquidation in her funds. There's no. Oh, I haven't seen. She's buying more, Mark. She buys more of all the same stocks every well, single day. Yeah, I know. She buys more, but in the biotech fund, she was selling Regeneron to buy all this innovation crap, so to speak. Uh, she's selling the, you know, the companies that are solid that are going to be here in five years for the ones that she thinks will skyrocket over five years. It's insane. A little bit of selling the winners to finance the losers to a certain exactly. extent as well. A little bit of that happening right now. You had a good tweet. I wasn't sure I followed it where you said people would now come out of value to protect their tech positions. That was a tweet maybe on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that, but it's an interesting uh, point of view. If it starts to get ugly, I'm just trying to make, you know, and I've made this comparison that the tech bubble and, you know, and obviously we're, the entire market isn't like 1999, 2000, but I've been arguing for a while that the growth stocks have been following the NASDAQ 2000 to 2002 playbook very closely here. And what started happening about six months after the tech bubble burst, you saw this, you know, rally in the summer. So what happened when the tech bubble burst back in March 2000? That the growth stocks went down about 25, 30% quickly. They rebounded in the summer. And, you know, everybody's like, okay, they're coming back. They're coming back. Yeah. And then they started to roll over again. And by the end of 2000, if you remember this, Mark, you saw you saw a lot of money crowd into value names early and because they were like, okay, well, we got to go into value because the growth is getting hit, similar to what's happening now. But then the growth stocks got hit so hard that you have money managers that are like, you know, maybe with a barbell approach, they got half growth, half value. That part of the portfolio is getting so hard. And then you have redemptions coming in as well. Back in the mutual fund days, there was actually, you know, there was redemptions coming in, people pulling money out. So then they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to sell the winners to meet these redemptions. So they started selling the stocks that were still up in, holding on to those, you know, losers. And you, you typically see this, you know, herd mentality, you know, and behavioral finance talks about it as well. You know, people are loss aversion. People don't want to sell at the loss. So they start selling winners to finance losers. So my argument was that just be careful. If the growth continues to roll over hard, eventually they will start selling other stocks to finance those losers. I'm not saying that's imminent happened, but that has happened in the past. So if the growth starts to get really ugly, there's a risk that value stocks could start getting hit just because growth stocks are getting hit so hard. Yeah, I would call that a correction of, you know, which would speak to 20% down. I don't, I'm not looking for that right now. So that may, that may be out into the future, but that also could lead to a bear market depending on what the Fed does. Right now we're in this period, Joel, you're, you're keeping the calendar on this trade, aren't you? No, I am. I am. Uh, uh, I, I thought it was Joel. Uh, we thought the market would peak in late April, early May after the impact of earnings season was over. It's happening. It's mostly happening in tech. 
but it's also now happening in some of the really great small cap names that I love. So um, we're coming into a period toward the end of May, early June, when I think there's going to be a great buying opportunity. So, uh, but PE buying a, a buying opportunity in what though? In, in, in infrastructure yeah. stocks and small caps that are doing well, companies like Foot Locker, Rocky Brands, um, you know, I, and I think the infrastructure stocks, um, take a look at Louisiana Pacific, Boise Cascade, they're starting to come off from, from big, big peaks uh, and give them time to breathe on the downside. But I think uh, the building boom is not over. The housing boom is not over. And, you know, the companies that make cranes, Oshkosh, OSK, uh, Manitowoc, when they start coming off, uh, you want to start building positions up again. What about the way they treated these stocks off these earnings reports? Uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft, they got some, you know, other things going on. Amazon, Google was holding up pretty well. Facebook gave it all back. Tesla, I mean, really, I mean, when you see these kind of reports that they had, is it like, okay, you can't get any better than this? Uh, what you take on uh, just hard, hard selling and, and a lot of these big issues off great reports. Crowded trades, sell the news, made sense. Uh, if you look at some of the small cap names that we've been following and talking about, they've actually had big extensions after earnings. So I, I think in the stocks that you just mentioned, which are overfollowed and overowned. So, you know, there are 40 analysts on these or more on the big cap, mega cap growth stocks. Whereas in the small cap space, you have two or three analysts at best. And so if you get a really good earnings report in small cap stocks, you may get a, you may pick up coverage and picking up coverage can mean a lot to a small cap stock. There, there was a stock that we were bullish on based on the power gauge four years ago called Senta Garden, C-E-N-T-A, actually come back very strong recently. Chain of garden stores based in Florida, they got into the pet food, pet supply business and SunTrust after a good earnings report, picked up coverage. Well, the stock jumped up almost 20%. And this goes back four or five years when SunTrust picked up coverage. And so in small caps, you can see that more so in large caps where they're crowded trades and overfollowed. And it's a source of funds, as, uh, as Dennis said, you know, when you're under stress. Uh, I mean, because remember, when Microsoft, Google, Amazon, when all these companies were reporting great earnings, they, they were near their highs, whereas Zoom, you name it, Fiverr, Peloton, they were all right. making six-month lows. So if you, I don't know if they're protecting positions or just evening up. You know, I always say uh, to Sandy, because she's the only one who listens to me these days, other than <laughs> when I go on Benziga, if you take a profit, take a loss. You know, it's just good money management. Get, yeah. You know, don't just sell your winners and stick with your losers. So uh, that may be the case where they're taking losses on things like Zoom and Team, and you know, the come. I call them the the non-earning growth stocks. You know, so many of these companies don't have earnings per share. I don't care. I don't care what accounting method you use, whether it's GAAP or non-GAAP. So if you see an opportunity to take a profit on a spike up in a Microsoft, pair it up with a losing trade, get it off your book, whether you're a trader or an investor, it works. I try to do that too sometimes, like not so much my, tr my trading book, I always keep clean. I, cl I clean that out every day, 
But on my long-term investing book, I do keep that in mind. I'm like looking, okay, I'm going to take a big winner in this. Do I have something I don't really like here that you know maybe has been underperforming? I don't think it's going to turn around so that I'm just not racking up a huge tax bill at the end of the year. And what it does is it keeps your portfolio clean. It makes it feel good because if you're always just selling your winners, eventually, yeah. like I always say, you're left with a portfolio yeah. of losers eventually. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a great discipline. That's probably the, you know, the, the best thing I could tell someone on this show. Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other Thursday to give us his unique perspective on the markets. Mark, always a pleasure. We will, uh, so far, you've been right on your uh, sell May or sell late April, early May uh, call. I have you on the calendar uh, next time, the 20, uh, May 27th. Uh, Perfect. You said, I have it on here, you said to take money off the table on April 14th and, um, it's working so far. It's working so far. So thirty nine fifty to four thousand is my sort of target on the S and P five hundred. All right, we'll, we'll get you back in a we'll couple. Get there. Thanks a lot, Mark. All right, be well, guys. Enjoy. All right. Mar- Mark Thanks, was, Mark. Mark, Thanks, Mark. Was, uh, Mark was singing the praises of uh, small caps, which is a very natural way for me to segue into the fact that today is the first day of the next Benzinga Small Cap Conference. In fact, I'm going to leave this show a couple minutes early today uh, to go get ready because I'm going to MC one of the tracks. You can go to bzsmallcap.com to register or just hang out on YouTube because both tracks are going to be streamed simultaneously for free on YouTube on our channel. In fact, this stream will redirect to one of them. Uh, so it's a two-day event today, tomorrow. I'm moderating one of the tracks today. Check it out, bzsmallcap.com. We've got dozens of uh, CEOs from public companies presenting throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, so bzsmallcap.com. Check it out. Uh, Real quick, too, yeah. um, the At The Close show. Right. Thanks for will reminding me. will be on the channel and uh, the Pre-Market Prep YouTube channel. Right. And I am going to put that in there and I will put out some more links later in the day. So if you want to catch the At The Close show today, I'll see who I can uh, dig up to exactly. bring on. Um, here's exactly. the link for that. How about Baba earnings? Yes, well, let's get to Baba. Let's get to Baba earnings out this morning. The EPS came in a little bit light. Uh, the sales came in, I think, a little bit light as well. And it's always weird because they, you know, they give the numbers not in U.S. dollars, uh, but the stock is down. So I bought extra shares at two twenty-seven, and then I sold them at two thirty-three because I was getting nervous about a week and a half ago about all growth stocks and all tech stocks. So I was selling everything that I could in tech. What what I sold in my long-term portfolio was basically everything that I wasn't up in. Like wasn't up significantly and so again you know using a little bit of what mark was just talking about but i don't want to pay a huge tax bill that's why i was like i'm not selling my apple my cost base on apple is 25 bucks i'm not selling that at 125 bucks and realizing a huge tax bill i'm not selling my google my cost basis on google is 250 dollars. it's 2250 dollars with a thousand percent and i'm probably never selling that stock because i don't want to pay the tax bill and i still believe in the company if there comes a point in time where i don't believe in the company i might sell it baba had just bought extra shares and I was like, okay, I'm selling the extra shares because I don't want, um, you know, that exposure. I wanted to limit my exposure. I bought some extra AMD. I sold the extra AMD. I bought a few extra tech stocks. I sold the extra tech stocks. This was about a week and a half ago when I was telling everybody when I was doing the Qs thing, I was getting very nervous about the market. Um, so I still have a small position in Alibaba, very small from years ago. I'm probably holding on to that. But my exposure to Bob was a lot less than it was a week and a half ago. So I'm happy about that. Now the question is, 
I would say technically, what does this do at two two uh the what was that Tuesday's low? Two eleven twenty three, Dennis. That's the only level you gotta worry about. Uh we've come under two twelve twice in the uh pre market trading and we've we've bounced. We've bounced off that level. So 211 to 212, I mean, 211.23, that's the low of the move. If you're trying to hang on, that's your level. If it cuts below that and goes to like 207, 208, and then comes back up through it, uh, be careful uh, on being shorted, but that's all I can give you. And the high off the rebound since we traded just under 212, if you're looking for some intermediate resistance, that comes in at 214. 95 and what do you got to do to oh to close the gap from yesterday you got to get way up to 219 but we talked about this and it was just you know every it came down to this area a couple times and bounced and then this time it came down there and it was just like <sighs> tired so keep an eye pre-market low just under 212 former low of the move to 1123 um you know i still am and I did four trades on my long-term investment account yesterday. I sold two value stocks and I bought two growth stocks or kind of growth stocks. Um, I'm kind of just, you know, in my barbell approach, I had like this, you know, where I had a lot more value than growth in the last few weeks. I've kind of reallocated to a certain extent. I mean, the, basically my reallocation was almost to cash. I'm still sitting with a lot of cash. But right now I'm like, I don't want more exposure to this market right now. I'm still, there's too many things that I'm unsure of. So I'm still sticking with like the 40% cash in the long-term account. But I did want to pick up. Michael Pactor talked me into the U. Um, I was looking at it. I want to add some growth. I was like, Pactor has given me so many good stocks. He was very bullish on our show yesterday, Unity Software. And I was like, okay, this is a pure growth name. I need to add a couple more pure growth names because I got too much You know, that's not growth in my portfolio right now. So I traded my Toyota on the good earnings. I was long TM, sold it on the good earnings. I also sold my U.S. Steel. Um, I kept a piece of the U.S. deal, but I sold half of my U.S. deal, which I wish I would have sold it all because I sold a 28.70 and obviously a tank yesterday down to 26.35. So wish I would have sold it all. Both sales were good. Both buys I did were bad. So this is just the market that we're in. You like your sales two days later. You don't like your buys. So bought you at 87. It's 85. I'm underwater there. I also bought. I couldn't resist. I got in my head that they're going to eventually institute a dividend. I bought back. Uh, half size position rocket and you know i'm immediately regretting it i bought it 17 it's 1668 so i'm immediately underwater i just look at this and i was like holy it just seems so cheap but i mean cheap stocks get cheaper it's been a value trap maybe it continues to be a value trap but at this point in time i just want a little bit of exposure there so i bought a half size position in both you and rkt in the long-term portfolio sticking with those i don't know how long but trying to stick with those longer term all right. Uh, I don't want to neglect, God forbid, I neglect the economic data for, for a second. So we had jobless claims uh, a little more than expected, and PPI came in a little above expectations as well. So not quite as hot as yesterday. Yeah, boy, that uh, uh, that CPI number, boy, that that whew, that rocked the world, huh, on that? Whew. Yep. I, I, I probably saw more headlines about CPI yesterday than I have at, at any point ever since I've been at Benzinga. And now a lot of that was because it was a – historic number because you're, you're comparing last year's lockdown economy to to, to this year yeah. um, i saw that number everywhere like like you know typically you know you see cpi you know benzinga covers it seen on some other financial media outlets but like uh i don't really see too much of it on twitter throughout the day i saw it everywhere yesterday 
So just it's like the market. The whole media just woke up to the fact yeah. that we've got inflation. I mean, we have talked on this well, show about inflation for three months. The entire year, we have been talking about the inflation trade. And I mean, there's a reason commodities have been going up. It's textbook stuff, guys. Banks have been going up. Commodities have been going up. These are inflationary trades. You know, this is money's been moving up into, you know, commodities, you know, to protect themselves against inflation and selling off high growth. But I don't know why all of a sudden the market and every major media is like, oh, my goodness, this CPI number. We knew the CPI numbers. You know, they can't even hide. It's fake to begin with, and they can't even hide, you know, the, that anymore. Fake you know? I know. My, yeah. my question that I will posit to you, and then I'm going to dip out of here, is is the run-up in crypto by in every crypto asset is that an inflation trade as well is that a yeah, happen- probably is that well we don't know because we don't really know who's who's buying this stuff but uh well we never know who's buying anything but is the run-up in crypto assets as a whole uh a an inflation hedge by people who i think who, so who make people who make such trades as opposed to the people who are you know younger who aren't thinking about inflation they're just thinking about you know price appreciation but there are people out there that invest based on things like inflation and is is the entire run-up in crypto a result of that i don't know maybe it's a tough market like we talked about this a week ago like where do you really go i mean I know. okay so, hard. so everything's selling off so now you're losing real cash in the market we even got crypto selling off now too which we've been warning about for a week and a half it was must tweet the catalyst but let's be honest when you look at this bitcoin chart it's looking like it's been trying to top out here for a while so you know must just hits it at the right time basically, because we've been, you know, like if you bring up the Bitcoin chart. Yep. Yeah, consolidation station. We've been trying to go higher. Ethereum keeps going. You know, there's certain cryptos that are keep going up. But, you know, Bitcoin here has, has had trouble, you know, getting up for a while. And now it's starting to leak. And I mean, when growth stocks start to leak, it's still there's a lot of speculative money in growth, a lot of speculative money in crypto. You think eventually crypto rolls over, too. And I still think it does. Um, you know, so it must be the catalyst to kickstart a sell off in, in, in Bitcoin. But I I don't know like where you go like it's if you go hard. to cash you lose into inflation. I, I was if looking go, yesterday. Yeah. I was looking yesterday with a high and I, and I looked at the stuff. I don't. And I'm like I can't sell this. I can't sell this and go and go anymore. Where do you go? And then I'm like I, I don't know. I, I it's a really tough investing. In, I mean, really tough with with the rates. You know. I mean, see. I mean. Unless these are like one-offs, you know. The I mean, what happened is we got the double whammy. Okay, on Friday, weak jobs number, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's great," you know, because that means lo- rates are going to be low forever, right? No one thought about, well, the economy's slowing, right? That's bad. It's not picking up as fast, and then we get punched in the face with the CPI number. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it going to be consistent? Is it a one-off in both of these? So that's. You know, so you got to be careful. I mean, it's one month's worth of data. Now you get that, you know, the unenjoyment's not, you know, for another month. The CPI is not for another month. You know, back to back months like that. And then, you know, you got a whole different thing. I'm looking for like inflation hedges too. And I'm like, well, am I late, you know, doing that? I mean, gold, gold never done. I'm so sick of my gold. I'm up on it. I've had it for a while, but I'm just, so sick of it, you know. Gold get... should be an inflation hedge. Somebody yeah. Shot. Gold should be rallying. Gold and silver should both be rallying. If we're worried about inflation, gold and silver yes. should rally. They haven't so far. Not much. Not like some of the Range other commodities, yep. which is concerning. So if you're coming to hear 
one of two things. Is it a catch-up trade? Is gold and silver eventually going to start catching a bit if we really start to worry about inflation? Or is it the fact that a lot of the gold money is just not interested in going into gold? And, you know, is crypto the new gold? There's a lot of money that's flown and uh, that's flew into crypto. I mean, does, is that taking some of the gold sparkle away? I, I, I don't own hardly any gold or any silver. I kind of want to own it because I am worried about inflation. It's not a bad time, GLD. The chart looks okay here, Joel. We kind of broke through on the GLD, 3170, consolidation a couple days above it. It looks like time to maybe strike. But then I think about the rally that commodities have had. And, you know, this is a metal. It's not necessarily, you know, a, a, but, you know, it's still, it, it's tied in with all that. You know, commodities rally inflation, you know, gold rallies with inflation. We've seen, you know, some, you know, this inflation trade going to commodities. Why has it not gone to gold yet? All right. I, I'm going to interrupt you just because I have to hop and get ready for the, the conference. So I will see you guys there. And I'm out tomorrow. So you guys are on your own with Mitch. Oh You're in goodness. great hands. But I'm going to hop. At least we have Mitch. At least we have Mitch. I got a sport coat behind me. I'm just not okay. wearing it. I got dressed down for you is what happened. All right. All right. Oh, so Spencer, <laughs> so we can't pick on you until Monday, huh? That's right. That's right. Okay. We're going to miss you. Is Mitch coming on? Bring Mitch on in the background because we need to have somebody else to keep us, you know, keep keep us rooted down that- here. Mitch, Mitch, are you there? There Good he is. Good morning, Ben Zinger, Zinger Nation. How we doing <laughs> out there, the Zinger Nation? <laughs> Mitch are we getting the good flavor wings today for the Zinger Nation? What do you got? Christmas lights going on in the background? What are the lights I, you I got, got it there? All, going? Man. I got it all, man. I, I can change it up. We can <laughs> look at a, this. Place. We could have a green day. We could have Holy a red day. God, look at this. What, what, what are we doing? This. Green or red this. today, guys? We, well, we're green or red today. I love it. Well, we're <laughs> green now, so you can slip into green. Let's, we go let's, red, let's go back to green. So everybody knows just tuning in. The market is up now. I love the green red indicator. That is awesome. I love it too. I love it too, guys. So definitely out there right now, there's a lot of stocks that are going to be definitely in question today because we did have a, a little bit of a rip up a day prior. And then I feel like we had that growth pullback yesterday. The question yeah, we is, did. do we catch the bid? Do we catch uh, the bid today? That's the question. Million dollar question because I am tempted. Like, okay, so we talked about leaning on yesterday's lows. Tesla took out yesterday's low. Not good news. But there's a lot of growth names that did not take out the previous day's lows. Fastly, for one, is holding on to that 40. You've got, you know, so far, our ARKK, which is your indicator for all these growth names, did not make new lows yesterday. So the question is, do you want to start just nibbling into a little bit of growth? I think you do. I think a little bit of growth. Not going all in, but as a trade, still leaning on some of those uh, previous day's lows. There was some that took it out. It was an ugly tape. But let's be honest, Mitch. Yesterday was a value sell-off, more so than a growth sell-off. A lot of value names really got hit hard. I talked about U.S. Steel. That got hit really hard yesterday. Newcore, which is when I got in the long-term portfolio, hit really hard yesterday. Some of the banks hit really hard yesterday. Some of the growth names, some of them were actually great They held yesterday. their lows is what we – A we, lot of them did. A lot of them did. So yep. innocent until proven guilty. When they take out those lows from Tuesday, Tesla did it. But, you know, it didn't do it by much. It could be a little undercut and rally situation there, too, which we love the Gil Morales undercut and rally. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind nibbling on some growth still. And, you know, obviously it didn't work great yesterday because they did pull back. But 
if you're leaning on yesterday's lows, you're probably not stopped out on about half of those names yet. So can we turn it around? Can this be a turnaround Thursday where, you know, the growth names start to catch a bit? I don't know. I'll tell you an interesting area for me in growth here. If you want to look at one of them is triple D, of course. <laughs> love that stuff. Gotta support my man Triple. <laughs> I love the ticker symbol. I don't know if I like the stock so much, but hey, that was it uh, to me. That you know, it seemed like a good uh, pullback yesterday. I Even think so it too. Ripped out. It did look like a good pullback yesterday, going kind of sideways. It's when you get these kind of moves. When you get the big move off the low, people are like scratch. Like, oh, did I miss the low of the move? You know, like it, it goes from what seventeen. What do you have there? Like a seven point rally. So three and a half points. It takes you at a what twenty and a half, twenty one, right there. Boom. Yesterday's low twenty fifty eight. Well, I like to call that back and fill. You know, it's like oh, okay. Well, I I miss. I might have missed the bottom here. So and then it goes down. Same thing with um, ARKK, right? Did I miss it? Back it and filling, so you could still lean on those lows. Uh, Fubo was a little bit different of a day because it had the earnings, but uh, we talked about that, Dennis. From the from the low on, uh, what was that? Tuesday to this high, and I'm not even counting the pre market high at twenty two sixty seven. This was a forty six percent rally. I mean, what are you going to do if you're a short-term buyer here? You're going to take profits. So backing and filling, and what I want to bring up along those lines, Coinbase had earnings, correct? Or did I make T- that tonight? Up? Tonight, it does. Tonight. tonight. Oh, this is an interesting setup here because you had the rally. And actually, this was a lot lower when I was looking at it. Uh, same kind of scenario here, folks. If you think you missed the bottom – you had the rally, and mid-range came in at 278.50. Now, they whacked this pretty good on the Bitcoin news, but uh, now that it's off the low by 12 bucks here, I still look at that That if you feel like you have to own this, you know, going into the report, 278.50, uh, quote, that's just halfway back here. Uh, what was yesterday's low? Yesterday's low was above that 280.79. So if you're looking at Coinbase, I, I don't know. I mean, they're probably going to have a good report, right? They're a new company. I mean, why would you go IPO and then come out with a bad report? It doesn't matter where expectations are. Exactly. It's also a matter where is Bitcoin at 4 it's o'clock. It's bouncing back. Yep. That, that, that's the question. So you cannot make a Coinbase call really at this point. We got to know where Bitcoin's going to be. Is Bitcoin going to bounce back today from the Musk? Uh, from the Musk it already call? has. It has. It has. And if it comes and it, we're back at 52, 53,000 looking like we're reclaiming and Musk is going to create an undercut and rally, they'll buy coin on a dip. If Bitcoin's in the gutter, they'll sell coin on a rip. So Bitcoin being your, at least that's what I think. So that's going to be your indicator there. Again, using relationships to trade coin. I'm more concerned about where Bitcoin is more so than the coin report itself. And and I think your line in the sand here is just above, let's just move it up here. Because this was the consolidation area, held it. I mean, this day here, you know, that was a big update. And it really clung to 53,000, really did. And then when you're looking at it, when it got hit last night, boom, it took out 53. Came back and kissed it for just a second, then had the big dive. So that be today or the next couple days. And I'm looking at the futures here. I'm sure it's pretty um, aligned with the cash but that's what it has to do it has to get back to that 53k hold 53k and work it back into that range but it's already four thousand almost four thousand dollars off the low we got down to 46 
uh, 395, a good volume day in Bitcoin as well. S&Ps are just, they're just climbing. We're climbing. We're almost at the pre-market high of 77 and a quarter here. So, uh, thirsty Thursday, uh, for the, for the bulls out there. A lot um, of money caught long though. So hard to get yeah. really excited about an SPY rally. I think it's a rally to be sold. I'd hope we get up to like 410 and I probably may try to initiate some day trading shorts. Um, that's kind of where we broke down from that 410, 411 area. So it's kind of natural to think we might bounce back to retest that. Old support becomes new resistance. So um, I think I think the bounce, maybe you're early at 407, but I think bounces kind of are still to be sold, especially in value now. You notice it might change in the last two days. Kind of buying the dip on growth, selling the rip on value. So because value is way overbought and growth is way oversold. May regret that. You know, people making fun of me for buying Unity software yesterday. And I might be wrong on that one because... Who's but making I like, fun of you, Dennis? I'll go and pop There's always somebody making fun of you. Why are people It's hard to always you know, just read every message. And sometimes you got to ignore it. But you know what? It is. I'm catching a falling knife on the Unity software. It is a risky <laughs> buy for sure. For sure. Factor <laughs> talking me into it. But again, it's about portfolio allocation, folks. If you're 100% growth, don't add more Unity into your portfolio. I'm literally sitting on the high growth names. I bet my portfolio, I haven't calculated, but I bet it's under 5%. That, that's too low. It's too low. So I'm not considering Apple, Amazon, Google high growth names. I consider them value tech. So I'm yep. not looking at them yep. as, you know, these stocks that are going to make slam 50%. Unity mm-hmm. software, it could go down another 50%. It's a stock that could do that. Um, Pactor believes in it. He's giving me a lot of good stocks. I want a little more exposure to growth because if we start to get a snapback rally in growth names, this is one that will probably turn around. The report was okay. So looking to increase my exposure a little bit to the growth names because I've been too underweight growth, rightfully, you know, thankfully, because I would have been killed with my long-term portfolio. But I think it's time to just start nibbling on some growth names. Nibbles. It just going uh, overall market here, you know, not not so much, you know, individual issues. I mean, we the the complexion, at least from my methods of technicalness, has changed. Okay, uh, how many weeks here during this progression, you know, did we take out the weekly low, or or you know, how long you held on to the weekly pivot? I mean, it just never happened. Uh, now, uh, my swing number is what for the week. I mean, it's history now 4192. So, and you've taken out last week's low by a wide margin. That's uh, 20 and a half, of course. One rally, we could be, you know, we could be back there. But this, you know, this was a little bit, you know, are we going to have this, you know, a down eight days and just, re, you know, retrace again and just go right back up? If that's the case, this is only the fourth day. Right, we're going yeah. into the fifth day of trading of this, so a lot of different things. But just if you're looking at overall, we've turned, we've taken out the weekly low here, and you know, well, 29 and a quarter. I mean, we're already off that, you know, we're up, you know, 40 handles off that already. But interesting day, but just from a weekly perspective, this is the first time, long time that we've actually broken down. Uh, what else? Uh, all right, 
What, so Eddie, let, you let, got, uh, what else? Yeah, is let's on your do ticker time. Let's start. Yeah, let's start getting into a ticker time. I want to do about eight minutes here of ticker time. So let's start rolling through the the stocks, guys. Start putting those tickers in the chat. I want to. I'm going to really quickly run through some of my watch list today that I'm going to be looking at. Um, one of the main ones, also, I just talked about Triple D, but DM actually got some good catalyst. Um, they recently uh, got a FDA approval for their 3D kind of uh, its dentures. Pretty much. And so they just got that approval from the FDA. Take a look at DM. If we do catch a bid in in uh, 3D stocks, I'll be looking at DM. One of the ways that I follow the 3D printing uh, kind of stocks, guys, is I just look at PRNT, which is the ARK Invest ETF, which is a passive index follow. So you can look at PRNT to see if we get the index to start moving up and the industry to move up. Uh, ZM, of course, communication is going to be one to watch. I think a lot of people are watching to see if it's going to catch a bid or come back down to a hundred. I think like Triple D has been talking about. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I think there. long. I think there's due for a bounce on these names, though. It was a mm-hmm. nice candle for Zoom a couple days ago. You had an inside day yesterday. I tend to think that Zoom get above three hundred. You could move up higher here. I'm still. You can tell my change in the last couple days towards the Kathy growth names. I've been hating on Kathy for a month. I don't. I went neutral. I said it two days ago. I went neutral on Kathy. I've gone neutral on Kathy. I went a day early because we really had. I think it was like maybe Monday when we were down about one hundred two or one hundred three yeah. on the arc, and then we had the ugly whoosh through one hundred. I was like, oh, I'm early to be going neutral on Kathy. But inside day yesterday for ARKK as well, I'm neutral on Kathy right now. I think her names are oversold, and I think still long term. I don't agree with a, a strategy of just paying any price for growth, but I still think short term she's oversold now. So, you know, we went from 160. We've been hating on her for two months, rightfully so. And I'm kind of neutral on her now. So not going an all in on Kathy and buying the names. But if I was short these names or if I'm underexposed to some growth, I want to start increasing a little bit of exposure to the growth names now. Yeah, I talked about the top three holdings in ARKK on Money Mitch, and I showed that all the charts and her entries where she is, she's right there on support on pretty much every single one. So it's that line in the sand kind of time. And I kind of agree with you. Neutral outlook right now. Let's see what happens. Let's start running through some stocks here. Let's do I it. do guys a couple of them. So Eli first, let's just say bullish or bearish. Of course, guys, this doesn't mean go ahead and load the boat, but let, we'll give a, a view. This, <laughs> I'm going to be bullish. I actually called this one out on Money Mitch a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so uh, I'm still bullish the golfing game. It, it, the only problem is the earnings report were great, and we kind of sold the good earnings. So I actually was long ELY. I sold it before the report. I didn't have the guts to go through the report. I should have obviously had the big spike up, but then it didn't respond that great. We've seen this theme with every single Two stock. Bucks, though. Yeah. So they've been selling good earnings. Same thing again here. They sold the good earnings. It's three bucks off the highs. So let's see. Inside day yesterday, you yep. got to hold 30. As long as you're above 30, I'll be with Mitch and say the easier path is up. You lose 30, then it becomes a concern. But I don't like the response to earnings. Uh, if you want to play a little bit closer to the belt, uh, you know, for today, 31.28 uh, was the low from yesterday. So f- to give the, the bullish scenario there, if you, you know, if you can hold that 31.28 for a couple days and just digest this and then turn higher. But that I, that's what I, I mean. If you're playing it really close about 30, obviously you got the double bottom there. That's your major support. Coming back on the upside, my big, well, it closed right near the high, which uh, on that day, 34.26. So 30 seconds little, of stock now. Let's go. 30 let's seconds. Go, let's go, guys. Uh, next one up, Disney, the mouse, the mouse trap. 
earnings tonight. We're seeing a little run up ahead of the report tonight. It is actually kind of low expectations tonight. I think Disney's going to beat it depending on where the market is. I'm kind of in, I wouldn't be surprised Disney pops up on the report. And I'd sell it uh, just under 185 on any kind of outrageous pop. And on the downside, 176.49. Uh, that was your February 4th low. I say pay attention to those Disney Plus numbers. You see the growth not growing as fast. You know where it's heading. Yeah. They right, lose people. They lose yep. people. If they lo- that would be even worse. Ooh. All right, let's keep going. Next one up, next one up, XPEV, or you could think Chinese EV. I did see uh, a little bounce there on the LI uh, the last couple of days. So today, XPEV up about 5%, I think. So keep your eyes on Chinese EV. I hate all these stocks. <laughs> you know, Sometimes XPV, you got to be honest. <laughs> ni- nice bounces. These are. This is not a stock that I would say I want to add. Is it oversold? Absolutely. Is there room to 30? Absolutely. I'd be a seller at 30. Um, it's twenty five eighty one here, so I'm kind of just in the middle of nowhere for me. I'd rather short the stock up at thirty, though. So I definitely don't want to own this. Lead on that low. Lead on that twenty three low uh, from Tuesday. If All you're right. long it, what else is there to lean on? All right, guys. So being uh, mentioned in the chat, of course, DKNG multiple times. So I'll, I'll touch it really quickly. One of the things that I'd, I want to point out, and I'll just use this right here, guys. So this is what a gambling index that I use. And you can see the last couple of days just quickly down. But we do have that support underneath it. Let's see if we get a bounce today in, in these names. They, they don't have the worst reports. They had good reports. But at the end of the day, the question is, can we get a bounce in DKNG and Penn and gambling stocks overall? I think we can. I'd rather own DKNG and Pen. I've said Pen. I actually would start nibbling on this in my long-term portfolio. I haven't yet. I kind of want to. 74 leaning on the Tuesday low. It just closed so dang weak, which makes me concerned. DKNG took out Tuesday's low yesterday. Uh, 40 bucks, the line in the sand, though. There actually is some good support when you look back at the charts between 35 and 40. So I think it starts to come into play at 40. I kind of like DKNG in the lower 40s. I kind of like them both. Um, right. I don't like either of them. There's uh, there's no catalyst. There's no catalyst. I mean, I, they're in down. What's the catalyst? What's what baseball, Dennis? Are you gonna go bet on some baseball? There's Stanley nothing. Cup there's playoffs no coming, Joel. We're in Canada here, baby. Wait, we like wait hockey. for yeah. Wait for Connor the playoffs McDavid. for both. For oh both. yeah, there's just NHL and NBA. <laughs> How do you do that? You do goals like do you get half a goal, or is there like a money line? I'll tell you which the- one's my favorite NHL bet is this in the sixty minutes. So inside the sixty minutes, and you pick a money line. Because a lot of times the hockey games go into overtime, right? And so they give you a little extra if you pick within the regulation. Boom. And if it's a tie, then you guys know I'm a degenerate gambler there. Let's keep going. All right. Let's keep going. Next up, up, guys. Uh, I'll mention two that had earnings, guys. So uh, Vroom, Vroom, uh, VRM had good earnings. Also, uh, Sonos had good earnings. So definitely keep those on your radar today. Those did pretty decent. Uh, Vroom actually did pretty good. They had uh, up on the year for their e-commerce units sold. They were up 96% year over year. So definitely selling more cars. But the question is, how long does this trend last? And and the question is, was that just kind of a, a little bounce there? Because, I mean, you guys see the, the money. Overhead part. supply, you peaked at 42. You've already given back two bucks of it. So better better wait, better get back up, take out that pre-market high, or I think you're all over. 
All right. Some that got hit hard, I've been noticing, is the home improvement stocks, HD low. They're, they're just getting hammered, hammered. I actually talked about evil shorts on Money Mitch, guys. I talked about how you could have been attacking these on the short side. Sometimes I, I think a, a lot of traders in this generation and this last year in the market have learned that you can only go long, which really at the end of the day, there's certain times when you see the overall market taking these dips, sometimes it's going to be good to short. There's people that actually believe that no money is made on the short side. Some well, you know, like <laughs> some, some big names out there that believe that all shorts lose money. And um, I threw the question out there to a couple of prop traders. And I will tell you, again, my best years, Evil Dennis shorting stocks, my, my best trading years were 2001, 2008, and basically March of 2020. Why? Because those were just wicked sell-offs, and the efficient—I'm an inefficiency trader, and inefficiencies explode during times of market, you know, mayhem and uncertainty. They do. So there is a lot of money made on the short side. Don't kid yourself. Um, it's not for everyone. It's difficult. Uh, going back to Home Depot and Lowe's chart, Lowe's gets an upgrade today. I would Ooh, fade that. Yeah. I would fade yep. that. I think they're early. I think there's been a lot of money hiding in the home improvement. I mean, think about where Lowe's was, you know, just a year ago. Um, you know, obviously they can't take the COVID itself, but even if you take it from the 120, it's been an impressive move for Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, I think some of that money that's hiding there is still due to come off. I think Home Depot could eventually see 300. I think I'd be a buyer there. I think Lowe's could eventually test 180. I think I would be a buyer there as well, but I think this upgrade is early. All right, uh, the, the lows, uh, the HD is breaking down. But if you're looking for a pop, keep an eye on 320. If you want to look at a little area of resist, just because there were so many lows in that area, I keep an eye on that 320. 50% retracement here is 295, way down at 295. All right, guys, I got to get going here. Got to get them to the Benzinga Global Small Cap Conference coming up here, guys. If you guys want to learn, um, today we're going to be having Small Cap Conference. We'll have companies, investors, and traders. You'll be able to learn about small cap investing and clearly define educational models. There are going to be a lot of different companies coming up. We got two channels. We got the best of cannabis and psychedelic stocks. You're going to get companies like MindMed. Uh, you got also the top health care stocks to buy in 2021. So definitely check that out. This is going to bring you right over to that. I'm going to go ahead up and play this trailer and then we're going to bring you right over to the small cap conference, guys. Definitely, definitely today. If, if you notice, maybe if you're a trader out there and you had a little bit of a tough day at the first kind of open, come hang out with us at the small cap conference. We're going to be having a lot of fun. It's going to be going all the way until 6 p.m. And then we'll be having Money Mitch on right after that. We're going to be doing some top shot opening. So definitely check it out, guys, and check out the small Yeah, and at 3.30 p.m., uh, I'll tweet it out. I'll do um, an at-the-close show, maybe bring stock odds on. So no, Let's do it, no extended ticker time today, folks. Back at 3.30. Hey, have, a, have a good one. Have a good one in the market, guys.
goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.